friends of Payne County, Oklahoma, you've tuned in to Pastors of Payne. Oh, we're yeah. glad you're here. Uh-huh. Uh, we were just told before we started recording that uh, this is episode number 275. Uh, there was a, uh, a Rob, there was a day way, way, way back. This is our audio engineer uh, in the rectory. Producer. Uh, producer and... Uh, Executive li- producer. And, and liturgical dance choreographer. <laughs> choreographer. Choreographer. <laughs> Most people don't know what liturgical dance is, and that's good. Yeah, yeah. Anywho, uh, so Father O'Brien, at the very beginning, always wanted to name... He was like, this is episode one, and uh, and then he'd go, and I got, we got to five, and I was like, we have to stop this. I just I can't do this anymore of like you announcing what episode this is because if somebody listens to it and they're at like episode two and then they want ten what no it's just confusing so I said cut it out and then I had to judo chop him in the throat right at the beginning of one and that shut him down real fast. This is episode two seventy five. Oh my gosh, I'm coming for you. I'm pretty ex- <laughs> we're pretty excited. Hey, I, you one I mean I t- I will tell you. A lot. There's a lot of podcasts out there, mm-hmm. but a lot of them like take breaks. All right, we're gonna take the summer off, and <laughs> not us. <laughs> We've never missed. We've never missed. Yeah. I mean, individually, you and I have missed, but one of us has always yeah. been here. Even that dumb episode that Healy and Porter did. Oh my gosh, that is like that which my like mom a- thought was like the greatest episode, and I was like, Mom. There was so much dead air. I know. It was like a, I don't know, it was like a cold But I was sore. in the next room. <laughs> but I was in the next room with my headphones on because oh, yeah? I didn't want to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to it when I was in Ireland. I yeah. Think. It you, was fine. It did was you fine. check the uh, did you check the stats to see our overseas? Uh, I didn't really. Oh, you should, you should check no. them because there's some Ireland going on over there. And some Croatia, Germany. There's we have some German listeners now, and uh, Croatian and uh, and Bosnia Herzegovina. We are approaching a, a downloading milestone too. What? We're we're coming up. We're probably a month or two away from two hundred thousand downloads. Okay. Wow. Which I think, if you you know, if you listen to like the big, you know, the biggest like that, I think that's what like I don't know what's the most popular podcast in America. Is it? Um, what, what, Joe one of those, Rogan or something. Well, one of those murder ones. Oh yeah, I mean those are they probably get that in a day. Yeah, but we're little, we're small, just like Payne County. We're just we're just what insignificant if, uh, over here in our little corner of the world. Except when uh, just taking Victor, up space. Victor drops. Uh, what did he say? The yes. 11? So we did. We did make. If you're if you're in Stillwater, you probably know this, but we we made some national news because world of, news. World news. One of our residents uh, here in Stillwater, not a parishioner yet. Is um, a guy named Victor Hovland, who's a professional golfer. Golfed at OSU. He's from Norway. Golfed at OSU. Left OSU to go to professional golf. Well, anyway, he on last Sunday he won the FedEx eighteen million dollars in the FedEx Cup. <laughs> and they were asking him after, like, you know, what do you? I don't know how old he is, twenty four, twenty five, or something. And they said, what are you going to do with eighteen million dollars? And he said, well, money goes a long way in Stillwater. <laughs> Then you say, I live in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Yeah. Money goes a Money way. goes a long way. <laughs> and it's true. We're just one of the many, many reasons to live here. Uh oh, do we really want people to move here? Because it's so awesome. A few more. A few more, but not many. 
not, yeah, we don't want to be. We don't want more of these California people here. We got the Uribe's. The longer I've lived here, you know, when I first moved here, there was like all this like, oh, and we don't even have a Target. I don't want a Target. Oh. Like that's everyone's goal, you know? Like let's get to, you know, a certain level so we can get a Target. Well, the kid mayor shut it down. Remember we when don't there need. Was, remember when there was a college student who was a mayor? We don't need, we don't need one. And the uh, I met the people in Dallas who were running that whole operation and they like, yeah, we had a target set. We had the land location. It was ready to go in. Oh, and I then didn't the kid, and then the college student who became mayor shut it down. Oh, anyway, hey, but that's not what we're talking about. What, what today? Uh, uh, beforehand, I, uh, I don't do this out of meanness. I'm just going to tell you people kind of like what my um, my mother always said. She said, "I never thought you were you would get in trouble and end up in jail um, like like other kids your age or dead." You're just mischievous and ornery. So, yeah. um, so right before this show, uh, I asked Father O'Brien right as we were starting up, "Hey, what are we doing today?" And he looks at me with this disgusted because look on his face. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa! Just take it easy. Because we like, <laughs> I know, I talk know. and like agree on topics, <laughs> and then. And one of my favorite things to do I is like, like do research and I'm like sorry, prepare. What? I'm like, what? Are, what are we doing again? And it just. Spend time. It's like just, it's just to poke you, like with a time sharp is the fork. most valuable commodity that I have. I don't have <laughs> enough of it, and so then I spend time, like you know, looking things up and uh. printing things out, and then you just roll in here, <laughs> whatever. Okay, so uh, so people uh, people have got out there. Uh, there are people of well, whether you're believers or not, of Radio Land. If you're on Mars or you've on Triton, uh, one of the one of the uh, moons. Tryon? yeah, Tryon. Tryon, Triton, Oklahoma? Triton. Oh. Or maybe you're on that Russian lunar module that crashed into the moon recently. <laughs> you're probably not on that because you'd be dead. Anyway, so d- w- we think we think that um, that people need to either uh, read or listen to more audiobooks. Or both, uh, and there's a there's a need for uh, I, I think of just like increasing both our knowledge, but then also not letting our brains turn to mush. Yeah, you should. I think a a, a disciple of Jesus Christ should always be reading, reading the scriptures. Yep. Uh, but then, but then having some spiritual um, reading, uh-huh. uh, and there's a lot out there. I mean, there's a lot to choose from. Yep, yep, yep. Um, but, but I think sometimes, I think a lot of people, the education, like our, our, our educational system has like turned some people off to reading or like that, that reading can only needs to be done when it's regard, you know, when it's for an assignment or when someone's right. making you do it or, and that's just not true. Right. So if that's your mentality, you got to got to get out of that yeah so uh, so we're gonna read w- for pleasure read for spiritual nourishment um it's good it's good for you it's good for you it's a good example to your kids if you have kids it's good for your brain and if you're reading the right things it can be good for your soul and uh, so i on this summer as i'm wow 5700 miles driving uh, i bought a lot of audiobooks oh and, 
And I, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go through the list of my audiobooks that I uh, that I listened to this summer. I have not heard this. This is very this is very okay. exciting. Okay, um, Return of the King by J.R. Tolkien, the uh-huh. third of the series. Yes, um, I finished that off this uh, this summer. Um, Be healed by Dr. Bob Schutz. Uh, I listened to half of Good the Gr- Good to Great again this I year. I love Good to, Good Great to Great by Jim Collins. Yep, That's yep. a bi- it's a business it's a business book, but strong recommend. We'll we'll, co- we'll come back to some of these. Uh, Irreversible Damage by Abigail oh, Abby Schreier. Uh, Abby, it's about transgenderism. Yeah, yeah. They call it the trans. She's she's basically looking at like why is the transgender the craze um, craze going amongst young women much like bulimia was in the 80s and 90s or how girls get into packs it's a very compelling book it's been it's hard it, it, i think i don't know if you can, uh, i think you can't get it on i bought it on i amazon. got it on on uh, audible i got it on audible which is owned by amazon let me uh, not stopping there i wanted to listen but to, i want to comment on I, each I'm, book i'm going to come back to them because you got a stack over there as well i, I listened do. to i i bought undaunted courage what's that Undaunted Courage is uh, Stephen Ambrose's book about Lewis and Clark. Oh, yeah. Because I was in this sort of like mode of like adventure and stuff like that when I was uh, listening to Wild at Heart. Okay, you ready Wild for at Heart by, what's his name, Eldridge? John Eldridge? Yeah, yeah, John Eldridge is really good. Book. I read that a long time ago and I loved it. I, I got He's the, a good Christian dude. I got the new version of it. Now, there's a new version? Okay, now I'm going to disclaimer about Undaunted Courage. When I bought it, I was so excited I bought it. You bought was, the abridged version. And I was like 25 hours and I looked at it and it goes 431 and I was like, "Well, how do how do I download the rest of this?" So I went back and reviewed it and I hit reviews and the first review is one stars and it says, "This doesn't say abridged. Don't buy." Second one, one star. This is the abridged. Why doesn't it say it's the abridged? Oh, you bought the abridged? Abridged could be okay. But there was only one option. The The long version oh. is like 24 hours. So? This one is four. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I listened from Strength to Strength by Arthur Brooks. <gasps> oh, boy. Have Co- we talked about that on the show? We're going to talk about it Golly, today. Golly, that's such a good um, book. Codependent No More by Melody Beadle. And... What does I that mean? Codependent No Tell More? Tell people what codependent means. Well, there's different types of codependent people, um, and it's kind of like um, people who are people pleasers are also, you know, slightly codependent. But it's also most people uh, connect it with the world of like alcoholism or drugs, where you're uh, helping another person's um, problem. And then, well, I can get into it a little bit, but I I listened to it at the beginning of the summer and sort of, um, and now I'm listening to this one. And this one has rocked my world, little country girl. Okay. <laughs> comfort, comfort crisis by Michael Easter, and the comfort crisis. crisis. What's yeah. the subtitle? Uh, I like, subtitles, I think, are very important. Uh, it, uh, let me. The title me, grabs your attention. The yeah. subtitle tells you um, what it's really about. Um, the uh, comfort crisis. Oh, um, it says comfort crisis. Embracing to discomfort to reclaim your wild, happy, healthy self. Oh, uh, there's a there's a sort of mood going around and teaching going around in the in our culture right now of people like f- like um, fasts the, the the sort of fast that takes place. Um, also taking cold showers, not wearing jackets. Um, people using um, opening their windows in their house. Um, there's this the sort of 
they're looking at it in the in the neurological problems as well. That why is there is there you know is that cart before the horse? Is it we've always had Alzheimer's? Um, um, have we always had these brain memory issues? Or and people have just died off early before they showed up? Or are they being induced? Or is it people are living longer and they're manifesting themselves? And what they've discovered about the brain is that if you if you do not create new neural pathways by both movement and changing direction and doing things differently, like they say, like a cold shower shocks the system, and a warm shower makes you comfortable. And so, a lot of these things don't stir the mind and the body to react differently to incoming aggressors like cold water or cold air that we live in such a comfortable bed, comfortable atmosphere, comfortable food, comfortable office, comfortable car. We even have um, comfortable walkways that require no navigating outside the path that we're on that some are believing in this neurological world that they may be uh, Alzheimer's. All, we, we may in, be inducing Alzheimer's to like ourselves. Like GPS? No. GPS, you don't have to think about anything. I know, I know. And it's so it's, it's like taking the same paths over and over and over again. Oh. It's like doing the same thing over and over again. But routine, it, I like routine. Yeah, it's you're going to get Alzheimer's and die. You're going to die. I, I probably will. So th- th- Death th- and taxes, baby. Uh-huh. So Guaranteed. The, the comfort crisis, but it also... Uh, we're also looking at a crisis in the United States right now where we have in, people enlisting in the military at an all-time low. Like, they're scrambling to fill the ranks. And what are they looking at? Uh, like, one of my buddies, he said, we, we've had all these guys come to basic training and get hurt from hip injuries and knee injuries, which has never occurred in 18- and 20-year-old men. And the reason why is because they're spending so much time sitting, playing video games, watching TV, looking at Netflix, and they have neck problems when they're coming in as well because they've just been sitting, doing comfort. And um, I said, what's the solution? And he said, "Um, well, we're probably going to go to war with China and we're going to get our butts kicked and that'll wake us up. And right now, if you look at the South China Sea, like well. the Filipino Navy is like going through, uh, going through uh, Chinese boats, and there's like outlying islands. I mean, if World War Three is going to start, boom, South China Sea. So our friend, our mutual friend, uh, Deacon Harrison Garlick, who oh, yeah, is yeah. the chancellor and in-house counsel of the Diocese of Tulsa, um, he wrote. He just wrote an article that came out this week. Uh, the article is entitled "On the Crisis of Fat-Souled Men." Oh, soul, S-O-U-L-E-D. This is a quote. Soft and fat-souled, man not only disbelieves in his own greatness, but begins to hate greatness in others. It is his fate to wallow, pallid and corpulent, deadened to eros and untouched by courage. That is... I'm sorry, uh, what? What were those words that he used? What was the word? Uh... uh, it is his fate to wallow, pallid and corpulent, deadened to eros and untouched by courage. I'll send it to you. Oh, wow. We can put it in the show notes, maybe? Wow. Yeah. I don't know if we use show notes. On the, we do. On the crisis of fat-souled men. Well, so, it, anyway, go, that goes to, that speaks to your, um, to this, to the, yeah, to that book. To that book. Well, what? 
What do we stand for? What are we doing? E- e- exactly. And we're, uh, there's a lot of these books like that I've been listening to over the summer and just asking like, why are, why, why are we going this direction in our culture? Whether it's um, the transgender moment, um, whether it's, um, uh, whether it's just like sort of the laziness of just watching YouTube over and over and over again, is like do do people really have or have they lost the sense sense of adventure? Yes. Or is there so much entitlement that it's just I am comfortable where no, I am? Too, things are too comfortable. Um, and, and so I think this book, Strength to Strength, was also really helpful because it you know it's it's um what what was it called? Strength to Strength, finding yourself in the second half of life. Um, finding success, happiness, and deeper purpose in the second half of life. Uh, and they, he made mention to John DeLorean and, and the kind of the midlife crisis of every man. And w- what his premise of this book is, is that when you're 40-something years old, your best years are behind you. Your best years were basically 20 to 32 when your brain was optimal, you're working like a champ, like you could sleep, you could um, just idea... Um, many things new and put them into action. You could, by what you did, get a PhD and a Pulitzer. But now, when you're 40, just realize. Just give up. Just realize. You have to (laughs) do something different. I'm just kidding. Don't give up, guys. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. Yeah, so even those audiobooks, like, I, I love them. And then... And then I read a book also this summer. A real book? A physical book? Uh-huh. I wow. Read, Tell I read us a, more. I read a book this summer um, on the priesthood, on fatherhood. Uh-huh. On the fatherhood of priesthood. Not like being a dad, um, because that's what I, I think. Sometimes in college, I get set in a role of being a dad for college students. And I was praying. Dropping ab- kids off at school. <laughs> sometimes. Making w- their lunch. Uh, most Sometimes going. Coaching uh, their soccer teams. <laughs> Sometimes uh, calling them up in the morning to make sure they're going to class, yes. <laughs> Threatening their boyfriends. That's happened before. <laughs> the, uh, but then it's, it's how to be a father to young people as God the Father is to us. Mm. And to how, to how to be a face of the Heavenly Father to, to, um, to the people. Yeah, you said that was one of your big insights on your yeah, sabbatical. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, was a, it was a book on the priesthood on fatherhood. And actually, I gave it to my best buddy because I think if you put a line through the word priest and write the word dad, they're almost uh, applicable to each other. And I gave it to him and I said, you should oh, read this. Very nice. Of like, like how to become incredibly patient and sacrificial loving with, um, with the children um, as God the Father is with us children. Wow. Rob, you know anything about what that? What are you reading right <laughs> now? What I'm reading right now is the Gospel of Matthew. Oh. Who wrote that? Uh, I think Matthew. From oh, what really? Know. Yeah, yeah. Is he good? What? How many stars does he have on uh, Audible? Uh, he has five. Oh, five, five stars? Yeah, it's uh, infallible teaching. Oh, yeah. really? Without error. It's so great. I like it when, Fult, when, Fult, you know, when Fulton Sheen, uh, Archbishop Fulton Sheen won his Emmy for his show. Back in the 60s, yeah, he got up and he said, I'd like to thank my writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. <laughs> I love that. That was a good one. Uh, yeah, so I'm uh, right now as the school year is kicking off, I was reading some St. Thomas Aquinas. Why Matthew as opposed to the others? Well, I love Mark. and mm, I've Why not read, read Mark? And I, I really, really, really like the Gospel of Luke. 
Uh, Luke is my favorite. Luke, Luke and Acts. Luke is my favorite. And then I, I um, because it's the year of Matthew, I just started reading it. So this is my Yeah, we're listening. So we're hearing Matthew on Sundays. Yeah. Yeah. So this is my second run at the Gospel of Matthew. So the first one, the second one I'm doing is on a little Gideon Bible. It's also on my wallet. So my credit card and my driver's license are in there. You cannot well. serve God and mammon, Father. <laughs> so sometimes I, I try to swipe my Bible and it doesn't work. They're like, um, sir, could you pay? And I try to tap my Bible and see if the word of God will actually buy me. And it hasn't happened yet, but I'm trying. So, okay, Father oh. Ryan, what do you got? What do you got? You oh. got a stack of books. Um, I've been doing some reading and some listening. What has uh, mostly dominated my summer in the car is G League basketball. Uh, is a book by oh. Joe Pos- Posnaski called "The Baseball 100." What? And it's about the 100 greatest baseball players in history. Yeah. It's 30 hours. Whoa! It's 300,000 words. How many pages would that be? I have no idea. I've no, I, I'm lis- I'm just listening to it. It is. Awesome, and what? No, which player I have, does he count? Go to one hundred and go down. I'm on. Yeah, yeah. I'm on. Um, I just got to number four. Was it Roberto Clemente? Hen, no, he's in there. But Hank, Hank Aaron, Henry Aaron is number four. Oh, so I just started Henry Aaron. Do you know who's number one? No, I mean do it's got to be. Do me look it up for you? I'm assume. I'm assuming it's Babe Ruth. Because Babe Ruth hasn't been said yet. Yeah. Who do you, can you name name some name some people who are in it? I'll tell you. Roger so. Ebert. Who, Roger Ebert, the the movie. Sorry, that guy. Movie critic. Roger Clemens. I was. Roger like, Clemens is in there. Yeah, I was, uh, and then Ebert came to my brain, and I just said it. What's been fascinating about it, and I've actually learned a lot. So you know, you learn about players, kind of where they're from. Interesting, just super interesting stories, especially about old timer old timers. You know, because oh, yeah. I know a lot of I know a lot about these guys because when I was a kid, I mean, I collected baseball cards, and then I also had. My friends and I, we had this, I mean, before video games were, were what they are now, we had this like computer game called Micro League Baseball. What? And we would draft teams, but like we would draft historic players. You could draft whoever you wanted in the history of baseball. So we would go to the library. Remember those? Yeah. We'd yeah. go to the library and there was this book called the Baseball Encyclopedia and oh. it was huge. Is Willie Mae Hayes in there? Willie Mays Hayes, <laughs> play like Mays, run like Hayes. Who's Hayes? Um, Major League, that's good stuff. Um, no, so you'd have to go to the library, and we would we would all fight over this 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 baseball encyclopedia, and you would look up, and you're looking for like really good players, and so you have to go way back, you know, like George Sisler, right, batted 420 one year, Whoa. right. He was like a high draft pick. Mordecai Three Finger Brown. Oh, yeah, I've heard of this guy. So he one year had a, a 1.04 ERA back in, whatever, 1912. High, high, high pick. Yeah. Um, anyway, and then all the favorites, you know, Babe Ruth and Ty Cobb and Ted Williams. And But the most fascinating thing about the Baseball 100 has been the number of players in it that played in the Negro Leagues. Oh, yeah. Now, I knew a few of them. Um, Josh Gibson is probably the most famous. But a whole bunch of others, Satchel Paige, yeah, yeah, are kind of the most famous ones. But you've been to Kansas whole... City, Negro. No, no, I've but that's what, three, that's what I want. I really want to go because oh, he mentioned so that good. several times. But the number of like Negro League players that I had not heard of, I've never, I've never really looked into. I've never really studied it. That has been the most fascinating 
thing. There's a little, um, you have to go through it really slow, but there's an article from a newspaper and it says, Klan versus colored, reft by Catholics. And it went down the list and it said at the bottom that they thought they could get a fair game if Catholics were the umpires. Oh. Because the Klan didn't like Catholics. So it was a fair trade. Oh. A fair deal. It wow. was Irish. I think it was Irish because the Irish were also discriminated against. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, there we go. There's so all anyway, sorts of cool that stuff has in been there. absolutely fascinating. So actually, since I've gotten back, since the summer has ended, I'm my, uh, my days are more dominated by listening to podcasts and I've gotten away from the book. But I just have two more hours. So I'm 28 out of 30 hours. Was the three finger guy, would he, he's in the Negro League Hall of Fame. No, he was, he was not, uh, not black. <sighs> Mordecai Three Finger Brown. Because but all these great names. And, and oh they gosh, have all these nicknames. Oh, they do. They, lots like, of nicknames. Lots of nicknames. So then the other, my other good summer read was a book by Dorothy Day. Yeah. I love Ooh. Dorothy Day. But that's it was a book about St. Therese. That's a Therese of Lazoo on the It front. was a book about St. Therese written by Dorothy Day. Okay. And I just loved it. I just loved it. This was a lot of my retreat, or not my retreat, but my vacation reading when I was out in Colorado and like on a plane. Then I have this little nugget. Prayer for Beginners? I have this. Oh, Prayer for Beginners is awesome. But is that what that is? A, that's not this, no. Oh. This is called Roses Among Thorns, Simple Advice for Renewing Your Spiritual Journey by St. Francis de Sales. Oh, he's good. And it's just, it's an, I, this was actually given to me by a par- parishioner. Um, and I just, I want to say something um, that I don't, I don't want to come across as rude. Um, this book is an exception to the rule <laughs> I would say, no, not that anyone is asking, but I would say, generally speaking, don't buy books for priests. Okay. Am I being mean? No. Am no. I a terrible person? Uh, you're not. Okay, good. <laughs> you are not. I was waiting for your affirmation. Because generally speaking, priests have a bunch of books. And are actually probably really behind. I gave away 30 books. That, on or, the books um, that they already have. But anyway, I am actually glad that a parishioner gave me this. So everything I just okay. said, maybe you can just throw that out the window. But anyway, <laughs> no, really, don't give me books. Um, but St. Francis de Sales is awesome. The foreword was written by Bishop Conley from Omaha, Nebraska, or Lincoln, Nebraska. Lincoln, yeah. I um, mean, it's just one, like little one-page reflections. Give me, Give me a little nugget of... Just oh, just, just, I mean, you got a topic. Just turn you? the turn the page and put your finger on something. All right, Bam. so this is about temptations. Uh oh, you must not believe that temptations against the faith in the church come from God. Darkness, weakness, prostration, abandonment, loss of vigor, an interior void, a bitterness in the interior mouth, capable of souring the world's sweetest wines. Yes, but suggestions of blasphemy, infidelity, unbelief. No, these do not come from our good God. He is too pure to have such a purpose. Whoa, okay. Anyway, that's awesome. Is it like the way the furrow and the forage by... It's a little uh, bit. It's a little bit by Jose Maria Escriva. Yeah. But uh, those are more... You, those are more like proverbs. Are you what, Are you reading this book? Because it doesn't look like it's well used. What are you talking about? I don't see any dents in the spine or like How, darkness on the pages. What are, I'm supposed to like hit my book against the wall? Not, what are you know. talking about? Well, that one in your hand also doesn't look like... This it's one I t- just started. doesn't look like you touched it all that much. What do you think I do to books? Um, ju- I'm over here just judging. <laughs> what? How should a book look? Uh, I, I don't judge. I just observe and come to conclusions. <laughs> I, don't, 
I'm not. Uh, I'm not judging you. I'm just thinking things about you that I know are true. <laughs> even if, so this is a book called Renewing Catholic Schools: Ooh. How to Regain a Catholic Vision in a Secular Age. Mm. As we continue to discern, uh, you know what to do um, here in Stillwater. In the Catholic school, what do you got below that world? And then the other one I've not started is called "The Case for Catholic Education: Why Parents, Uh Teachers, Uh and Politicians Should Reclaim the Principles of Catholic Pedagogy." Whoa, who wrote that? Ryan Topping, okay, from Oxford. Anyway, but I haven't started that yet. And what's that below that? This is the Holy Bible. Oh yeah, is this worn enough for you? Um, Not really. Mine's pretty demolished. Judgment, <laughs> observing, and coming to so conclusion. So anyway, those are the books that we're reading. And then I'm always, I'm always reading articles, first things. I get a lot of stuff off Twitter, yeah. like America Magazine. When you print something off, will you just drop it on this table right here? So you always say that, but then the big pile develops. No, I, I'll read it if it's you like will? if it's two to three pages. <laughs> but if it's like nineteen pages and like six point font and double barred, like the some Summa, of those are good. From Church Life Journal from Notre Dame, they put out some really good stuff. I just read an article from Dr. Tim O'Malley. Remember, he was here this summer, and it was it's nope. actually from 2019. Nope. It was about why the mass is for little kids. I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. Okay. Anyway, that's what we're that's what we're reading. Go find some stuff. Reading and listening to. Tell us what you're listening to. No. Write us a postcard. No. And you can Seven, you send want. it all to Seven Eleven North send Country, in, along us, with twenty dollars bills. Send us checks <laughs> to keep our show on the air. Um, next week, I have to tell you about an absolutely hilarious sign I saw in Colorado Springs about donuts. Do not <laughs> let me forget. Do not let me Done. forget. It's the funniest dang thing. Don't let don't let me forget. Tune okay, in next week, y'all. Read a book. Read a book. Okay. Go to the library. Peace. We have one at our parish.